You are listening to the Black Sitcom History Podcast with Shannon and Summer, where we explore issues from episodes of the most popular and polarizing black television sitcoms from the 1970s and beyond. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Black Sitcom History. Hope you all had a good weekend. So today we're going to start our episode by saying, um, please check out our Instagram page at Black Sitcom History. And we have our website coming soon. And please leave a comment. Give us some feedback. Let us know how um, we sound, how you are enjoying the um, podcast thus far. Just just give us a shout out. Just say hello. So, and who are you? And who are you? Matter of fact, speaking of who are you, we have new listeners from Spain. No, I'm, I was asking who are you? Oh, who am I? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I am Shannon and I am Summer. Summer over there. <laughs> okay, so this is season one, episode 11, aired March 29, 1975. The title of this episode is Former. Neighbors. So, in short, this episode was about George's and Louise neighbors who lived in the Bronx before um, the Jeffersons decided to move on up on the East Side. <laughs> and um, Louise ran into them out in the streets somewhere and actually invited them over for dinner um, without knowing that George also invited someone over for dinner. So we'll get into that and let you guys know who this other person was. And we're going to give you a little bit of background about um, George's and Louise's former neighbors. What were their names, Summer? Uh, Their names are Roy and Natalie Sims. Roy and Natalie Sims. Roy and Natalie Sims. Wow. (laughs) Okay, so... Um, let's get started with the episode. George comes home and tells Louise that, um, they're going to have a guest for dinner. This particular guest, his name is Coleman Harris. He is a business owner who's going to loan George some money. I believe I don't think he's loaning him any money. I think he just wants to get some business, a portion, the cleaning portion of his business. He wants to get the contract um, to handle the cleaning. I'm glad you caught his name because I I didn't even catch the man's name. Okay, well, there's his name. (laughs) There's his name. So, what did he actually do? Was he a a entrepreneur or what was it? Anyway, so George invites him over. It, it has something to do with the cleaners and and um money, basically. So Louise tells George, well, I also have dinner guests coming over for tonight. And uh George says, Who who is it? And she was like, It's our former neighbors. And George is like, No. <laughs> like he doesn't want them to come because the person who he's invited, he doesn't want that particular person to get the wrong impression about George 
and Georgia's um, surrounding friends or people he actually networked with. Um, but 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 Louise, she doesn't really insist that they come over. Um, she doesn't have a way to get in contact with them to tell them not to come over because they don't have a phone for for Louise to get in contact with them. <laughs> so George has a clever idea to try to pay the doorman to stop the guests from coming upstairs. Just tell them any type of lie. <laughs> I think George even said, just tell them we died or something, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. But while he's talking to the, to the doorman, um, Roy and Natalie, that's her name, Summer? Natalie? Natalie. Natalie actually comes through, <laughs> through yeah. the elevator. So George's plan doesn't work out in his favor. So he has to have this guest that he didn't want to show um, up for dinner, actually, for, for dinner. They actually yeah. showed up. It was no way of stopping them from, from showing up. So um, once, once they come in, George, he's not disappointed that they're there. I mean, he's somewhat happy to to see them but he's he's trying to come off as he's trying to let them know look we're going to have company this evening for dinner as well and i need for you to act a certain way well well he didn't necessarily come out with that in the beginning because he tries to get them he tries to make Roy convince Roy that it's a good idea or make it seem like it was Roy's idea to leave, basically. Because he's actually happy. He actually is happy to see them. Yeah. They were really good friends back in Harlem. So they were really good friends. They had a good time. They like to joke around and sing together. But he didn't want those, those two worlds colliding you know, with him, him and, and the and the rich guy showing up, and his uh, down home friends from um, from Harlem. Okay, Stop. so go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I need to get something straight. Mm-hmm. Were th- were they from Harlem or from the Bronx? Because I always say the Bronx. They were from Harlem. Harlem. Okay, Harlem. I always say the Bronx. Okay, Harlem. So but you you are correct, Summer, and I am as well. So. George tries to get, convince them to act a certain way. And uh, Roy, he somewhat goes with it, but decides to tell George, you know what, it'd be a better idea if, if we just leave. That way we won't interfere with your business and we won't have to act a certain way, act the way we aren't. He did, babe. Remember they, they left? Yeah. And then... They left, and the doorbell rung, and George thought it was it was Coleman. Yeah. And when he opened the door, it was Roy and Natalie. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you, I am correct about them, about George trying to convince them to act a certain way, and you are correct about Roy leaving or deciding yeah, he never, to leave. He never out and out says, uh, "I want you to act a certain way." He just tries to. Say, oh, this guy is a rich high society 
uh, guy, and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable being here. And that's when Roy gets nervous, kind of thinking like, oh, I don't want to make I don't want to make make you look bad in front of this guy because I'm not polished. He didn't say polished, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm not polished like that. I'm not. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to be uncomfortable in this guy's company. So he George just kind of puts it out there about who's going to show up. And, you know, he's thinking uh, Roy is thinking, oh, I don't want to make George look bad, which is exactly what George really is thinking himself. But he doesn't say it. <laughs> yeah, you're correct. He doesn't say it because, like you said, they, they are really good friends, even though they don't hang out as much. Their friendship goes deep it's a very old friendship and it's one of those type of friendships where you cannot see the person for years but once you see them you're very excited to see them it's like a day wasn't missed you know you picked up from from where you left off it's one of those type of friendships um and you you are right how roy picks up on what george is trying to tell him or try to persuade him to act a certain way and the good friend that he is he goes along with it but because George and Roy clown and play around a lot Roy was like you know I think it's just best we leave Mm -hmm. right and they leave (laughs) but they don't leave right Surprise. Um, surprise. So <laughs> we're back. Yeah, so yeah, like I said, the doorbell rings, George thinks it's is Mr. Um Harris, Coleman Harris, and it's Roy and Natalie. And they're like, Surprise, sucker. Like, yeah, we aren't going anywhere. We're gonna play along with this and we're gonna help you out yeah. the best way we can for you to get what you need from this particular person. Right. And I, I'm still trying to remember if he was a banker or or what was he? He wasn't a banker. He was just a a business businessman. He I, I don't know some like you said some sort of entrepreneur. But um, he wanted to go in business with him or maybe do take take a, a cleaning contract for one of his businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think the guy was a banker at all. Okay. Yeah. So he was an entrepreneur that had money that George needed mm-hmm. from him or or business to give him business to give him. So, um, Louise, she was upset. She thought that George did something or said something to make Roy and Natalie leave. So she came out the kitchen and was upset. Um, she, I can tell that she really missed Natalie because she was very excited to have the four of them together again. Um, in previous episodes, we talked about how Louise um, doesn't want to forget where she comes from. And I think holding on to that and having friends from where she comes from um, helps out a little bit. Mm. And also in this episode, we we saw that finally George didn't want to forget either. He, or he missed it. He missed parts of it. And part of it was his his surrounding friends that... um that he had when he lived in Harlem. Um, 
you know, I have friends like that that like move to different states, and uh, we go years without seeing each other or even talking. But once we um, reunite, it's like old times again. How people say, you know, old times. Um, and I think that's those are the friends you actually need to bring closer to you because it's like you don't really have to catch up on a lot. You know, it's like you, you just know that um, that that's a friend that, that you had years ago and it's a very strong friendship, even though you don't see that person as often. Yeah. It was uh, interesting. I did note, too, that this was kind of like the first time that I've seen George really excited about other people. <laughs> you know, he was like, Happy when he when he heard that Louise had seen Natalie, um, he got excited. He was happy. And the only time he got bummed was when she said, oh, yeah, they're coming tonight. So that was that was, um, you know, classic George Jefferson because of the situation. But it was nice to see him. Kind of be be silly, goofing around a little bit, and really excited about some other people because it it seems like everybody else in his world, besides his family, um, but the people around him are either you know his employees, what we don't see his employees, but people who work for him, uh, the people he does business with, and then his neighbors, which he tolerates but doesn't seem to care for very much yeah even mr bentley seems like he, he doesn't particularly like to tolerate well not tolerate well he he doesn't really like mr bentley but he gets excite excited a little bit because their bickering is more of a joking like their little disagreements or whatever it's not even disagreement but mm -hmm. s smart aleck ways is is fun for the two of them it seems yeah. Whereas when he sees Tom and Helen, <laughs> it's really bickering. Like he's he's bickering with them. He's really annoyed. Annoyed. Mostly, I think that if they weren't married to each other, he would feel differently about each of them. You know, but the fact that he is not, he doesn't care for their interracial marriage. No. So that's like he all he likes to talk about them calling Jenny a zebra and. All that stuff. Oh, speaking of zebra, you guys have to stay tuned for episode uh, 13. 13. It's, a, it's a really good one. Yeah, it is. So I can't wait for you guys <laughs> to hear that one. But um, back to this one. So um, where we left off, Ron and Natalie comes back in laughing and joking, you know, their old ways. And uh, like Summer said, George seemed a little bit less uptight he seemed like more like i would think he would be when he's not uptight right <laughs> um so roy and natalie settle in and um george prepares them well not prepares them but they they try to come up with a way to impress coleman harris before he gets there so they're going over and rehearsing um little scenarios and uh so natalie asks Ron, uh, what what business? What line of business are you in? Mm -hmm. And he said he's a 
a house. What did he say? A home, homebody? No, what did he? I forget what he said too, but he was basically like, he's out of work. <laughs> yeah, I don't work. But no, but she said, okay, so you're in the, you're in the hotel line or business mm-hmm. because I think he said he he stays at home or something. Oh, like that. Oh, and then he said that he she's like, what are you doing when you are when you are working? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm. I'm in the restaurant business. He's like a server or something. Oh, right, 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 right. Like I'm in the restaurant right. business. So, so yeah. So she she asked him, when you are working, what do you do? He, he said, a waiter. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, so we're going to tell Mr. Harris that you, you own a chain of restaurants <laughs> or whatever. And what, what, what's the name of the restaurants? And it's Symbol's. Sambo's restaurant. Sambo's restaurant. So mm-hmm. they're just coming up with with little scenarios and and things in case uh, Coleman Harris asked him questions. And George says, if he asks you a question and you don't know the answer, just tell him you asleep on it. I have to sleep on it. I have to sleep on it. <laughs> um, and then he also told him there's a few things that uh, we like to talk about. When he say we, we mean rich, rich people. people. Um, money. Um, how to avoid paying taxes. Yeah, how to avoid paying taxes. <laughs> and it was one other one. But um and that's what rich people do. They they avoid taxes. Well, they don't avoid it. It's just set up that way that they don't have to pay as much taxes as the middle class basically. So it seems like the more money you make, the less taxes you you have to um pay each year. But the funny part to me was that George told him if he asked you a question and you don't know the answer, <laughs> tell him you sleep on it, and that works. <laughs> and even oh, in relationship, in relationships, it works. Like you know what, I sleep on it. I will tell you how I feel about it in the morning. <laughs> or in a business deal, people will say, "Well, I'll get back to you on let that." Me think about that. Yeah, let me think about that. And that that means I don't have an answer for you right now, but I'll have one for you in in, in the future. So after they're done um, rehearsing what they're going to talk about when Mr. Coleman shows up, uh, Mr. Coleman actually does show up. And uh, so George introduces everyone and uh, they begin to tell their little tales that they have as far as where Ron works and things of that nature. Roy. 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 Summer always corrects me. Thank you, Roy. Um, So... What happens is once Coleman finds out that that Roy is in the restaurant business, Mr. Harris um, begins to say, yeah, it's, it's very hard to find good work, good colored, good work, colored, colored work. workers, mm-hmm. meaning black people, um, and that they don't want to work. All they want to do is stay home. And collect, collect welfare. welfare. So Roy begins to take offense to this. And um, he's starting to see what type of person um, Coleman Harris actually is. Mm. He's not as as nice as, as George is. Um, he's all about um, himself and not trying to uh, well, I'm not gonna say help out black people, but he, he has a a problem with black people not 
working or not wanting to work and just with their hand out all the time. And he, and when I say he, I mean, Coleman Harris feels that, that, um, there aren't any good black people basically that's are, that are hardworking black people rather. So Roy starts to take offense and to take notes of this in, in the back of his head. I think he's, 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 he's keeping track of all the negative things that, um, Mr. Harris is, is is saying about about black people or whatnot. Um, now, mind you, um, Coleman Harris is black. I don't think we've stated that no, at all yet. We didn't. But he is. He himself is a colored, wealthy, colored black man. Okay, that is all. <laughs> So yeah, things get heated, but I want to go back just a little bit to to a funny part because you were saying um, when George was coaching Roy about what to say or how rich people talk and or what they talk about. It's like you can say if you don't know the answer to something. Um, <laughs> oh, I got to sleep on that, but. Right away, Roy uses it wrong. Like you said, it works. It works a lot. It does work a lot. It doesn't work all the time. Because I think when um, Coleman walks through the door, he asks, uh, uh, he finds out about what Roy does. And then he asks him how his company is set up. It's like, oh, is your company like a corporation or this, that, and the other? And Roy goes, hmm, I have to sleep on that. (laughs) An answer that he should be able to, you know, a question he should be able to answer without sleeping on it. So he, he met, he was, yeah. The plan was falling apart right from the beginning. But yeah, and then he did further go ahead and start um, getting pretty ticked off with what Coleman Harris was starting to say. Yeah, he was also somewhat disrespecting uh, Georgia's household, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of disrespecting uh, Roy and Natalie's um, lifestyle because Natalie is on welfare and and uh, Roy is in between jobs or, you know, he doesn't have a steady job. So once again, Coleman is just belittling um, them without actually saying, thinking it's them, their lifestyle. He's belittling people of poverty, pretty much poor people, mm-hmm. and he just he just thinks it's all bad that everyone that's on welfare or poor are bad people, pretty much, or or they can't pretend or or. How could two of them um, be right in front of him, in front of Coleman, and he not know that that they are on welfare or in between jobs? Hmm. Meaning they're pulling the wool. I mean the 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 uh, over his eye. The wool's over his eye. Wool Mm -hmm. Wool over his eye. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Wool over his eyes or whatever. So he, he doesn't know that that's the people he's talking to. They're sitting right in front of him. Right. Right. So that's why Roy and Natalie are, are kind of getting pissed off 
at this dude. Like, we see what you're all about and who you are or whatever. So um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to tell you how Roy and Natalie um, confronts Mr. Harris, Coleman Harris, and give them a piece of their mind. And also stick up for their good friend, George. So when we get back, we will conclude the episode and let you know how it, how it ends. All right, we'll be back. We are back, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for continuing to hang out with us. We are going to finish talking about Season 1, Episode 11 of The Jeffersons former neighbors before we get into that i want to again direct you to our instagram page at black sitcom history if you want to know more about uh where you can listen to the podcast if you want to share it with your friends um a good way to share it is by sharing anchor.fm forward slash black sitcom history on that website um you can find other uh ways to listen to us such as google podcasts or apple podcasts um so yeah definitely check that out and share it with your friends family and foes um also um i think last week we did talk about sharing some quivia questions or aquivia questions and for those of you who are hearing of the word quivia for the first time it's a combination of the word trivia and quiz and so we just went with it we're calling it quivia um due to some technical difficulties um we haven't posted uh that on instagram but it's coming and maybe it'll you know what i wasn't sure shannon what where i was going to post it mm. so i'll go ahead and post that on um facebook because yeah, i should be fine i should be able to do that on facebook so check us out on facebook at black sitcom history so facebook.com forward slash black sitcom history and i'll post that quivia there and really quick, um, some of you might not have Instagram. Some of you might not have Facebook. So that's two ways you can get in contact with us. And we should have our website up and going in the next week or two. Everyone has access to the interweb. So that would be uh, a good place to leave comments as well. Um. One thing that I, I do want to say is thank you to everyone that's listening thus far. Um, yes. We're just going to try and improve with our delivery and sound quality as time permits and as finances permit. That's true. So that's the number one factor right there. But we have made minor upgrades and I have noticed them. But please let us know. If you noticed it from episodes one um, till now, any change or any changes we can make. And with that said, we're going to continue with season one, episode 11, Former Neighbors.
So as the show continues and progress, um, Roy and Natalie start to really get frustrated and they are about fed up with Coleman Harris ways or whatnot and how Coleman Harris is disrespecting their friend George. So they, they call this dude on him like, look, jive Turkey (laughs) or whatever (laughs) it is. Uh, number one, we're not going to let you talk about our kind like that. Mm-hmm. Our kind meaning the good people that's on on a welfare and the good people that are in between jobs that can't land that job. And you're disrespecting my homeboy in his house. I'm not going to let you do that. No matter what type of money you're trying to offer my homeboy. I don't if you're gonna be disrespectful to to us and to him and his household, we don't need your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny how he didn't really say we don't need your money, but he was speaking up for George like, uh, you don't need his money, George. Right. And George is like, Yes, I do, but I understand what you're you're doing. Yeah. You know, we go back, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let it slide. You know, maybe you see something that I don't see. So I'm going to let you continue to say what you have to say and kick this man out of my house so we can catch up on good, good times and old times and, and continue our friendship. And uh, so that's what happened. <laughs> Roy was like, look, Martin used to say, uh, I don't care where you go, <laughs> but you got to leave my house. <laughs> so basically, Roy was like, you got to go. They were no, they were about to go. I thought they were about to go. I don't No. No. Okay. I remember that different. I, I remember them thinking that they were gonna like leave. But what ended up happening later? After this. After they kicked him out? Coleman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a party. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you asking? No. Okay. So anyway. No. Okay, you told them, they told him to get out. I thought George told him to get out. Nah. Well, yeah, he did. Man, you might be right. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, okay, look, okay. It's wait, a little wait. fuzzy. I think, I think Roy uh, this is how told him to get out, or, but Mr. Jeff George put him out. Yeah. Maybe. He did. He took, because the cup, so what was happening was they were talking in my in my recollection, you know, I'm I'm watching TV, taking notes on the internet, you know, yeah. Um, so Roy and Natalie, they go off, telling them like a Ti is. She yeah. Now see you <laughs> see you have you have some things over there. So telling it like a Ti is. Cause I forgot that she said that <laughs> in the episode. Yeah, that was funny. I was like, oh, they've been saying, telling it like a T.I. is since at least 1975. Okay, so I didn't <laughs> want to cut you off, but since you said that, I can say this. Yeah, I thought that was like something new, like like a, a rapper came up with or like, a, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like something in, a, in the mid-90s. But when she said that, I laughed so hard. Like, man, it's funny how <laughs> it's it's so many things that are old that we think are new yeah you know like when she said that I'm like oh so 
People been saying that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think I I thought I had some new slang going on. I heard some some new slang, but yeah, she she said that and that 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 was funny to me. That was funny, yeah. To me, so they they had um after they finished telling them like the ti is, and they were like, yeah, we can't do that. We were, we're my recollection is that they were gonna leave, and then George went over to he walked over to the um, coat rack. And picked up Coleman Harris's jacket and his hat, and like threw it at him and like put him out. Put him out. Okay. Well, either or. Uh, he left. He left. They put <laughs> no. They put him out. He got put out. They got. He got put out. Mm-hmm. And George wasn't necessarily upset that it happened. Like I said, he was more so like, "Well, I missed out on on some money." Um. But in hindsight, I found out how this person is. And if I would have to deal with someone like that and owe them money, I don't think I would want to deal with anyone like that. I, I feel like he would have tolerated it if Roy and Natalie weren't there. Like he would have sucked it up and just tried to get the business anyway. But he wasn't he knew that Roy and Natalie weren't wrong. Yeah. They weren't wrong in what they were saying. So, and they, he, you know, and they were trying to stick up for him. Um, so he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, you know, you, you are disrespecting me in my house. So you got to go. But in hindsight, he's like, oh, I lost that deal. Oh, well. Yeah. But he gets over it. Yeah. And you, you are, you are right how you said uh, you think he would have tolerated it if Roy and Natalie was not there. Mm hmm. It's not that he would have tolerated it. Some of the subjects wouldn't have came up. Sure. As far as how color people Maybe, yeah. work or don't want to work or people that's on welfare and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have known that about him. And he probably wouldn't have been disrespectful because those subjects wouldn't have came up well, at all. As as bold as he was to put them out there he i feel like he probably had other very bold and disrespectful things um up his sleeve i feel like he's the kind of snobbish person that would have come up with anything offensive it might not have been those specific topics Mm -hmm. but it would have been something you know or even just how he walked into um George and Louise's apartment and talk and you know he's basically commenting like oh this is cute mm, you're nice you know yeah, it's cute it's nice it's quaint mm. yeah oh and you know he drank the wine he would have been like oh and Louise was like ugh right yeah <laughs> he drank the wine um and was like oh it's okay for an off year or something like that you know right and like you he when you you said he talked about their apart apartment he compared their apartment to his apartment. And told him, like, yeah, you should move in my apartment building. It's much better than this. Mm-hmm. But he also reminded me of a type of person who would uh, do what he has to do to, to get get money, meaning he pr- did some frauds in his lifetime. Hmm. He reminded me of, like, a um, what's the, Don King type person. Like he yeah. he he got he got money smart through, um, swing, swindling swindling people, 
and he will still do it today. Um, you know, if you got a loan from him, he say he's charging you uh, 12.5%, but he's actually charging you 13%. And <laughs> you don't know because you're not doing the math correctly or whatever. But he seemed like that that type of businessman to me anyway. So once Coleman is put out, uh, the party begins. Uh, Roy and Natalie and and Louise and George, they, they laugh about the situation a little bit. Um, and they start doing some of their old friendship rituals. Like Roy and George had a two-step dance that they would do together all the time. Every time they see each other, like the shuffle or something crazy like that. And uh, they start to party. I didn't know you can party with four people. <laughs> but yeah, they they don't actually show them partying. Um, when, the, when the cut sh- screen comes back on, uh, George and Louise are, are sitting on the couch and George is rubbing Louise's feet. And she was like, oh, I haven't danced like that in years. And, you know, and uh, this it seemed like it was hours later because they hadn't had dinner yet or anything like that. But that just comes to show you how much fun you can have with long-time friends that you haven't seen in a while. Um, it's not always about catching up. It's just about picking up from where you left off. Sometimes, you know, you see somebody you haven't seen in a while. How have things been? You, you know, you're trying to catch up on, on, on time lost, but right. it, it might be better just to pick up from where you left off, you know. And um, keep it going from there because uh, a lot can happen to someone you haven't seen in a couple of years. And and if you spend all that time trying to catch up, you won't actually really enjoy the time spent with that person mm-hmm. or the time you, you, you're with that person at the, uh, during that moment. Um, so that 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 comes to bring us to, to talk more about. Um, just what friends would do for you to protect you. And that's what Roy and, and Natalie pretty much did, you know, um, that's, that's stuck up for him. Right. That's what friends are for. You know, sometimes friends can see something that's not good for you Mm. and you, you think it's good for you, but it's that good friend that to say something, uh, like, uh, you might have a friend that's in a relationship and you know that relationship is toxic for them. And, and you would definitely tell them, like, you know, I don't think this is a good relationship for you. Um, two things can happen with that. You know, <laughs> that that friend be like, oh, maybe you're just jealous or maybe you don't know what you're talking about or don't don't tell me how to run my relationships or don't tell me what's good for me. Or your friend could say, thank you for looking out for me, I'm going to take my chances and mm-hmm. see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, there's no need for you to throw it in my face and say, I told you so or whatever. If anything, I, I would just say, you know what? You told me this was a good relationship for <laughs> me, you know, and pick up the pieces. Let's, let's carry on and help me find a, a good relationship um, for me. Um, it's hard to find good friends. Not too long ago in one of our episodes, we talked about how 
the friend, the core group of friends I have now is what I want. I don't really necessarily want to invite new friends into my life. I have those hobby friends and, and that's it. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to, it's not hard. Um, but it's to have friends that you know for years. Like I have a friend, I've known him since I was, well, since he was six months old. Cause he's a year behind me. So I know him since he was six months old and we're, he's my best friend out of all my friends. And that's another thing. I have best friends for different reasons. Kind of, <laughs> uh, I have a best friend where I can come to and talk about anything. And I know it's safe with him. Yeah. If I say, look between me and you, it's between me and him. He won't, you know, he won't tell anybody. Yeah. And then I don't do this now, but when I was when I was dating, I had a friend I would talk to about my relationships. Uh, but now that I'm married, I keep that between me and my wife. You know, I don't if I'm having problems, it's between me and her. I don't tell anybody about that. Um, and then you, you have those friends where if you need to let off some steam, mm. they know how to help you let off some steam. You got the friend that if you need to fight somebody, you got the friend like they don't even ask you what happened. They just like let's go. Where are we going? Let's like, go. Where they live, you know, or <laughs> exactly. whatever. What time mm-hmm. or whatever. And then you have the friends that if 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 you really need to cry on somebody's shoulder, you had that friend. So I have friends like that. You know, I know a friend to call for each situation, and. uh all my friends, if something goes down with one, we're all there for that for that particular friend. Even if we have issues with one another within our friendship, that's that's dropped, and we're there to support our friend in need at that time. Or regardless, if it, it could be something happy, it doesn't have to be in need. You know, uh, a wedding anniversary, we all there and show up and uh, support for for our friend. What about you, Summer? Um, you know, this actually makes me, I started thinking about why it's hard to make friends now. You know, when we were younger, when we were kids, we spent all our time in, I mean, the last time I started to form like real friendships was when I was in college, I would say. Yeah, I've made some friends since then, but um, not really. For the most part, the friends that I made were associated with school in some kind of way. Um, yeah, but now I work. There's people at work, but I don't really form friendships with them. So I don't know why. I don't know if that's, I mean, there's a difference between school and work and work is, is about, is tied to your um, your livelihood, you know, and then there's people who have, uh, um, some of those people are managers or, um, supervisors or whatever. So kind of the making friends across those, those lines are, is sometimes weird, but even with people who, that you don't report to or don't report to you, I don't I don't get that. I don't know why it's much harder 
to, oh, you know what, too? I just thought about this. So I don't think it's necessarily hard to make. It has to do with work per se. I think it has to do with having more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So like when I was in school, I didn't really have any responsibility to anyone or anything but myself in and doing school. But I'm a mom now. I'm a wife now. Um, I've got bills to pay, bills to pay, things to do, household to to run with you. And so that's I guess that's it. I guess you just start to get get busy or you have more things that you're responsible for. So you don't really have time to cultivate new relationships. And also it becomes a little bit more difficult to maintain old relationships too, for the same reason, because of all the new responsibilities. So yeah, that's something that I thought about. And I just realized right now, I kind of just answered my question because I was like, why is it that I can't make, it's not the people at work necessarily that are, that are an issue. Um, I'm friendly with a lot of people at work, but I don't necessarily go and hang out with them. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with making friends, but I think that maybe when I was younger and single and working was like about maybe the prime time for me to make work friends. But I've been a mom for a while and a wife for a while. So (laughs) it's hard. It's harder. For those reasons, I think. Well, I, I want you to be my friend at work. That's it. <laughs> Outside of work, I don't need you to be my friend. Because people talk at work, you know. And when you get outside yeah, of... Yeah, that's and, true. That's unless true. it's something I want you to know about my life, I just tell you at work. <laughs> you know, and it's a lot of people that still tell a lot of people their business at work, about their outside business at work. And that stuff starts to get around. And I see that. So that's a number of several reasons I don't want to be friends outside of work. Right. Because even like, say, you know, Friday in the day, they'll be like, hey, let's go out and have some drinks. When you go to have the drinks, all you do is talk about work anyway. So that's like, why do we do that? I thought we we here to not to get away from work. Right. And I have a coworker who's now a supervisor and we used to go to the shooting range together right but now he's a supervisor i'm like yeah i don't want to hang out with you <laughs> i don't want to hang out with you anymore really i mean it's, it's a di- you play in a different role at work now you know it's kind of is I, he your supervisor yeah oh okay well, yeah so it's it's like yeah it's a different role i can't go hang out with you because yeah, you can no nah, I'm I'm cool because I don't I don't I don't want outside friendship to cross supervision and me uh, meaning like uh, I don't want to take it for granted that he he's he is my friend and something happens at work and I'm like well, you know he's my friend he 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 won't write me up or or whatever mm-hmm. but it's his job now he's a supervisor. So I'd rather just treat him as a supervisor all the time, kind of. I, I just can't. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Okay. And I, I don't. And it was something else you mentioned how, like, uh, 
how it's harder to maintain friendships now that you have a, a family life. Yeah. When you didn't have a family life, you were able to spend more time with, with friends. So um, you and I, our friends both do this. They plan annual trips. You know, they call them the, the girls' trip and or the women's trip. That's weird how they say girls' trip. And then they say a men's trip, that but they don't something. say boys' trip. But right. when the men go on a men's trip, it's, they all we do is act like boys. <laughs> <laughs> and when girls go on a girls' trip, you guys act more like women. So it should be women trip and, Shannon, and boys' that trip. That is a good point. So you bring up, yeah. <laughs> okay, on that point, we're gonna take one last break because when I get back, I just want to sum up um, what we got out of this episode because what we just touched on really wasn't what what I got out of the episode. It was just some key features as far as friendship that I wanted to touch on. So when we return, we're going to both give our um, final thoughts on what we got out of the episode. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Music from this episode is by yours truly, Summer Sky. The single is called About Love, and it's available on all digital music and streaming platforms. Check the episode description for more details. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening and sticking with us throughout this episode something i forgot to say um george chose friends over money and i know people that have have lost friends over money and in the long run it turned out not to even be worth losing a friend over the over the amount of money that you lost mm-hmm. you know i'd rather have good friends around than um than money i guess kind of sort of because you know kinda, yeah you know, you know they say money doesn't bring you happiness and you have the friends that can can make you laugh at a funeral you know so what what do you want but i'm going to start off by telling you um what i got out of this episode summer okay that good friends are hard to find. Better friends are hard to find that can be absent from your life and come back into your life without missing a beat. Mm-hmm. And those are the friends that you 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 want to have in your in your life. You want to have the friend type of friend that has your back. Even if you're wrong, 
you know, you're doing something that's wrong. You have that friend that's like, okay, this is, this is wrong, but I got your back. You know, I, I have some friends with that. I have, I've did dirt and they were like, this is not right, Shannon, but you my homeboy, so we're going to do this. And if you get caught, we all get caught. If you go down, we all go down. You know, you want, you want friends like that. You want friends that can, uh, if you can't stick up for yourself, you have the type of friends that do it for you. Or if you're not mentally strong enough to speak up, that they speak up for you. But do it in a way that, uh, not their way, but it's it's they're 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 sticking up for you. But it seems like it's you that's that's sticking up for yourself. It's not them sticking up because they're upset, but more so that they're upset for for you, and not them, not their temper flaring. Um, if that made any sense. Um, basically what I'm trying to say is that, uh, you have someone that is your friend that gets up upset because you're upset, but it's their upsetness. It's not like, um, in a demeanor, that's, that's the way I'm looking for in a demeanor that you would do it in, you know, like, um, if I'm out with summer and, and I'm upset about something that's going on, she can fill my shoes, but she's doing it in a way I would do it, but a, a little bit more polite, <laughs> if that makes sense. So good good friends are, are hard to find. So when you find a good friend, um, hold on to that friendship. It's just having me think now that uh, I haven't been a good friend towards my friends. And it's, it's nothing against them. It's just some things in my life have changed. Um, personally um and when they invite me places a lot of time i tell them you know i'm cool you guys go ahead and have a good time um it's not that i don't want to be around their company it's just sometimes sometimes um i get a little bit um i don't understand how people can be so happy um when something's not going right and in my life. Like, I don't want to be around people that's happy if something in my life is, is keeping me from being happy. And that one thing is, I tell you all, you know, ever since my father passed away, it's hard for me to see a group of people that's just happy and having a good time. Um, and it, it feels like I can't, I can't do that. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to learn how to do that again. Um, and I think I pushed some of my friends away um, because of that. Uh, so to my friends, uh, forgive me, but I, I need you guys to uh, uh, come back to me. Be homeboys with me. I mean, we still homeboys, but um, uh, just forgive me and understand that's where that's the place I've been in, and I don't know if I will ever get out of that out of that place. So that said. I'm going to tell the audience, um, hold on to your good friends. Be good friends to them. Be even better friends to the friends that are good to you. And uh, that was it, Summer. Mm -hmm. That was something that I really got out of this. It, it makes me just think back on all, 
all the people you meet throughout your life that you think will become your friends, and I don't even know where they are now. Like, I don't, like, you know how you meet people, and one day, he was like, whatever happened to this person? It's like, they just, not vanished, but it's like, you lost all contact with the person. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, one one night we all was out bowling. <laughs> and that was it. And three years later, I was like, what, hap- what, what happened, happened to that person? Time. Yeah. You know? So, and that's another way you, you, you know you have good friends because you, you have those people that are still there with you to this day. Like, I have my best friend that I've known since he was six months old. And he's still there with me to to this day. So... That was it, Summer. That's what I got out of it. And you know what? I got more out of it. Keep, keep on You know what else us, I yeah. got out of How you... We might have to take another break, but look. How you can pull the wool over someone's eye and they not even know it. Mm-hmm. Meaning how Roy and Natalie was pulling the wool over Coleman Harris's eye. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to pull the wool over someone's eye. It can just be adapting to certain environments and situations that you have to adapt to. And we talked about this before. You know, you have your place at work. This is your workplace. So conduct yourself in that manner. If you have to use your work voice, use your work voice. Um, when you're in a situation, or a place where it's a um, higher class environment, conduct yourself that way. Right? Um, and I'm not saying necessarily in, in the reverse, if you are a well-educated, uh, higher class person, money-wise, and you have to uh, uh, be in situations with the lower class people. I'm not saying try to act hard or try to act hood or whatever, but just know that you're in a different situation. So everything's not going to be on the right and right. You know, um, you might encounter a situation where. You're just not used to things being done that way. Don't be shocked <laughs> or don't don't show that you're shocked. Just try yeah. to try to blend in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, you go certain places and you you don't want to show all your bling bling. Yeah. You know, but that goes back to what you were saying earlier, though, Shannon, like you, you mentioned, if you go to the hood, you know, you act like you belong in the hood. Or if you are in on the west side, you know, we're in L.A. So the west side is like the east side (laughs) (laughs) on the Jeffersons. Um, So, you know, you act a different way. And I remember growing up, um, you know, one of one of my mom's teachings was about, um, you know, you belong everywhere. Like always just act like you belong wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. It's, it, it's, it contradicts itself because we have said, don't forget who you are, right? So how do you 
act a certain act act a certain way in an environment that's not that you're not accustomed to without sacrificing who you are that's kind of it's a it's a it's a thin line it's hard to do you know um sometimes it's best just to be there and don't say nothing <laughs> just, yeah i was thinking that too you know i think it depends it depends on the person because some people some people can i feel like they can authentically be they can straddle that line they can be on um be a little bit hood and be a little sadity mm-hmm. because they just can everybody can't do that but some people they just can and um i think though when i was the the thing the reason why my mom said to act like you belong wherever you are is twofold one is just to build confidence um you know like if you're in a, a new environment or an unfamiliar kind of culture um it's like don't you know don't look down on yourself um you you belong wherever you are and nobody else is better than you so I don't think it's necessarily a matter of acting like people Mm -hmm. so acting as though you belong where you are is not necessarily about acting um like other people it's more so about acting like you belong there, whatever your personality is, whatever, even if you speak Ebonics, you know, whatever, whatever. And if you, um, uh, the uh, the other, the other part of that was like, it was like, if you're in a situation where you, the situation looks a little bit rough and, you know, I grew up very sheltered, but She's like, if you're in a, in a situation where it looks rough, like, don't look like you're fr- afraid. Don't look afraid because you become more prey, more of the, of the prey when you look like you're scared to be wherever you are. So it was a couple, a couple of different things, but. Yeah. And a point I was really trying to make was how Roy and Natalie were faking the funk and you never know if somebody's faking the funk. Some people can play it off really, really good. Mm-hmm. So don't ever put something past somebody. You know, like I, I know, I know cars. So if I go to a dealership, I can walk into a dealership and t- tell the the salesman every spec about this car that he doesn't know. So. He might think, well, dang, if he knows this much about this car, he going to buy the car or he has the money to buy the car mm-hmm. or something like that. Just 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 throwing out a scenario. Just, like, you're knowledgeable. Yeah, just because I'm knowledgeable. Right. And so I can. That's part of me knowing. His knowledge that he can't take away from me, but I'm still faking the funk as far as like me being able to buy that car maybe that's what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. um we we fake the phone when you talk to people sometimes you know like say you're talking to somebody that that speaks correctly you you start to speak (laughs) the way they speak in a way 
um, yeah, just watch out for people that can fake the funk because they can get things out of you that you might not want them to get out of, like a con man, basically. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm trying to say, Artie. Like, just be careful of like people that can fake the funk and are like con type people. Yeah, when you said comment, like, well, when you were describing that, I started thinking about a movie, an old movie with Will Smith. Um, was that Six Degrees of Separation? Yeah, that movie. Yes, where he was faking the funk right. throughout the whole right. the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Those type of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can you can fake the funk to your advantage and become successful. Remember, not too long ago we had like this nineteen year old doctor. Remember, about two or three years ago, it was a black kid. I think he was like nineteen, twenty, and he was portraying it to be a doctor, and they caught up with him. You don't remember that? Oh, and something else Not happened recently. Remember that? And if anything, you you guys should watch a movie with um, what's the guy's name? He's in the movie that you watched that I don't understand a lot. Um, I bought it. Oh, from Leonardo. His, yeah, Le, yeah. He had a movie called Catch, Catch Me, Me If, if you, you Can. Yeah. And and matter of fact, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. <laughs> and that's based off a true story. So I'm just giving you guys a warning. Just be careful. Don't trust everybody because some people can fake the phone very, very well. Mm-hmm. And um, Roy and Allie like, somewhat did that. But <laughs> they didn't do it very well. <laughs> but just, just be careful of those people that's trying to pull the wool over your eyes mm-hmm. so you can't see. Like, uh, we have somebody that runs this country. He's pulling the wool over a lot of people's eyes. So... Just putting that out there. But I went longer than I wanted, so we're going to take one last break. And when we come back, I'm going to let Summer uh, tell us what she got out of it, and I won't say anything at all. Maybe. We'll be back. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. So what we're going to do now is have Summer give us uh, what she got out of the episode, um, Former Neighbors. I got a couple things, Shannon. Um, The friendship thing was something that I got out of it as well. Uh, It made me think about the fact that, like you mentioned, um, well, maybe you didn't say it exactly this way, but for me, I feel like there are some relationships some friendships that I can do a better job maintaining. So, um, you know, I definitely want to reach out to friends that I have not talked to in a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, one of the things with the friendships, you know, um, as we, as you were talking and telling us what you got out of the episode, as you were talking, I got some messages, um, some I messages, text. We have a little group chat with some friends and, um, one of my friends sent 
she just shared something in the group chat, but it was just interesting. And, and I thought it was uh, funny how I started getting this message from her in the group chat when you were talking, Shannon. So, um, but yeah, it, you know, it it is hard to maintain relationships now. Um, a lot of your friends, I mean, you have friends that have moved out of state, but a lot, a lot of your friends are still in California a little, I mean, a little bit spread out, but, uh, still close enough. Um, and a lot of my friends or my really good friends are like, they're just kind of spread out. I don't know. It can be difficult. But yeah, we try to keep keep up. I think in our friend group too, we have um, one or two people who are the unofficial um, organizers of group activities or events or whatever. So, you know, I, I don't know if they they like it or they like being that person or if they just do it because they think nobody else will. And I'm not that person, <laughs> but, um, I'm the, I'm the friend who once everybody says what they want to do, like if we're all have to decide on doing a thing together, I'm the friend who will wait until everybody else says what they want to do. And then I'll say what I want to do because I don't want to, I don't want the decision to hinge on what I say. I don't know. That's really weird, but because I feel like if I don't show up, it's okay. But nobody wants that. Everybody wants everybody to be involved. So I don't even know why I even wait until till the end. I might as well just put my um put my opinion out there in the beginning. But it's class. It's a classic move of mine. I'll wait. And, okay, you guys are talking about this date. Okay, February first. Okay, January twenty. Okay. Be going back and forth between these that I'll just I'll just wait I'll just wait until it settles and then figure it out but I don't know I'm I'm the weird one in the group I'm definitely the weird one so I appreciate my friends with putting up with my um quirky weirdness weirdness um <laughs> but uh yeah I definitely got out of that that I should probably do a, a better job and it's not the first time that I felt that way or thought that way but you know, it's definitely, especially with this COVID-19 situation and, and being apart um, or being at home for me, I spend most of my time at home and it's, it's difficult to connect, but we still have the technology, thank God to connect with people that are far away. You, I've had friends that lived out of state for a long time and we never thought to have a Zoom friend chat before. I mean, it was probably worth doing at at any point because people are are spread apart. Uh spread far apart from one another. So, you know, we and we have had a few zoom chats and we'll probably have another one um pretty soon so but yeah I I think I can do better on that front um the other thing that I got out of this episode too was 
And I, I wondered if I have ever done anything like this before, um, which is, you know, you have, like, I have different sets of friends and they look different. You know, they, I have a good friend from elementary school and I have a good, you know, a, a friend group from college and like my old friend, friend groups from when I was a child to my college friend groups, they look different. And I feel like, I feel like they might get along, but they just are different. You know, just kind of different backgrounds. And I wonder, you know, thinking about George and with the the Sims, Roy and Natalie um, coming to their house and getting together with them and a high society businessman. And like those two people, they were different. And could they get along? So I've never really. Other than like a birth, my birthday party a couple years ago. I mean, I really, really haven't had get togethers where various groups of friends would come together at the same time. Also at the same time, I haven't had a, haven't had a lot of get togethers that I put on, you know? So maybe that's, maybe that's it. I don't know. But I just wondered if you come from, I don't want to say I come from a different world, but if you come from a certain background and then you have other friends who have a different background. Do you keep those worlds apart or on purpose or maybe unintentionally, uh, unintentionally, subconsciously keep, keep them apart because you think, okay, well, maybe they, these types of people wouldn't get along with one another. I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope that I wouldn't do that intentionally. I think that because those worlds haven't come together, it's 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 just a a, a a byproduct of the fact that I'm not having parties at the house. You know, we can't have parties at the house, Summer. I'm not talking about now, Shannon. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about oh. just over the years, over the years. Anyway. So that's what I thought about. I mean, I, I would hope that I'm not keeping people apart who could have a good time together, but um, I'm going to give myself uh, some grace on that and say, you know, maybe I'm not doing that because I, I would feel bad for thinking that, um, hold on, let me do this. I would feel bad for thinking like, oh man, I, these two people wouldn't get along because I mean, I put it out there like um, my elementary school days I spent, it was, you know, kind of ethnicity wise. It was pretty mixed, um, mostly black, but pretty mixed. Um, but after that, it was like uh, a lot of Hispanic middle school um, and high school. And then, you know, some some mix in college, a mixture in college. But the friend group that I have from college, you know, I was involved in 
collegiate acapella. So I don't know if that's like, <laughs> I'll hate to say that's like a non-black activity or whatever. I don't know. So I feel like it didn't attract a lot of black people. It wasn't like the thing to do. I mean, I was also, I also participated in the gospel choir in college as well. But the gospel choir, of course, they had a few more black people. Well, a lot more black people. Um, But it was still mixed. But yeah, I just feel like I didn't do like, quote unquote, stereotypical black things. So but the, the strongest bond in friendships I formed was in was in that acapella group. So, you know, and I'm like, one of a few black people that that were, you know, well, actually, during the time that I was in the group, there was like only one other um, black person, maybe two. So maybe at one time, maybe three people. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the history of my life. But no, um, yeah, so the point I was trying to make is just that I would not, I, I think different ethnic group people can get along, but in the back of my mind, sometimes I do wonder if different people from different backgrounds and different cultures would get along. Maybe, you know, and if I did have a get together after this COVID-19 situation, I, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to invite so-and-so to the party because I don't know. I don't think they would get along. I don't think they should be in the same place. But I have a lot of I have a lot of great friends and really, really nice friends, much nicer than I am. So um, I appreciate all my friends for tolerating me. But um, yeah, so I don't think that would be an issue. But do you think do you do you have that, Shannon, where you have like different groups of friends that you would not put in the same place or you think they would all get together and be good? Uh, I'm sure I have friends that might not care for one another, but um, because they're my friends, they would put that aside while we're having some type of get together or whatnot. And um, any differences that they may have, they can settle that elsewhere and not because, uh, well, not, not because, but if it's, has something to do with me, they'll put it aside, in other words. So I don't think I have a problem. I would think about it. I would acknowledge that, well, this person doesn't like that person too much, but uh, I'm still going to invite them anyway because if it's something that's concerning me, hopefully they'll put it, um, their differences, differences to the side. Uh, yeah, for me. That's what a friend is supposed to do, right? I mean, be there for you, and it's not about them at that at that time, you know. But girls, women, and men are kind of different, though. Tell know? me how w- women and men are different. It's uh, yeah, we we we. I guess we we might have a grudge towards one of our friends, but it's like we don't stop that from letting us be be friends, like. It seemed like when women have get together or something, she they would ask, "Is such and such gonna be there?" <laughs> well, I ain't coming. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And with men, it was like, "Such and such gonna be there." I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm preparing myself to know that they're gonna be there. 
and what to expect. When I get there, there won't be any surprises, and you know, I would know how to conduct myself, and just know that that person that I particularly don't care for too much is going to be there. That's all. Hmm. You know, but yeah, when I'm like, if that B gonna be there, I, I'm not coming. <laughs> is that how we're we gonna are? plan another party for you, and we're not gonna invite her? I feel like I could be in a place where, like, somebody I don't care for is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm an anomaly. I don't think that I am, but I don't know. And then you got the people that if someone's there they don't particularly care for, they just get drunk. <laughs> oh, that works too. I'm just going to get drunk. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I'm done, Shannon. All right. Let's wrap this one up. <laughs> we, we we talked a lot. Yeah, we did. This one. So. Uh, running our mouths. We're going to say. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode on on Wednesday, episode 12. We're almost done with season one. Yeah. And, and Shannon, real quick, in the quivia that I'm going to put on mm-hmm. Facebook, um, how this is your 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 baby a little bit. So yeah. is that going to be just one question for the whole week? You know, I have some things in mind that I, I want to do um, real quick. So I'm thinking about doing a, a short episode on season one about season one some things we learned Mm -hmm. and then we might can just throw those in there because usually a quiz and trivia a quiz is like multiple questions i think and trivia can be like one question so we got quivia Mm -hmm. so we're gonna have to have more than one um question Okay. So I want to come up with at least maybe five, make it interesting for folks. Uh, as of yet, we don't have any prizes or anything for you all. Um, if you get everything correct or whatever. You just uh, get bragging rights. Bragging rights. And, and we'll, we'll post um, your name or something, you know, or give you a shout out on, on the podcast itself. So, yeah, I just want to come up with a few more questions. And uh, get everything worked out, and I want I want to post it on on the um, website as well. So that's the plan. We're going to do a small, uh, a short episode, um, wrapping up season one, some highlights and some things we learned. And with that, I'll throw in uh, a few quivia questions. Yeah. So yeah, just just stay tuned, everyone, and continue to listen. Uh, this is an assignment I have for um, the listeners. Today, uh, tell someone about the podcast. Have them listen to episodes. Uh, have a black sitcom history Zoom party <laughs> with a long time friend that you haven't talked to in a while. That's your assignment for the week. And with that said, we will. Talk to you guys Wednesday. Stay tuned. Season one, episode 12 is up next. Uh, Once again, I am Summer. This is Shannon. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Man, that was.